Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to the Impact Podcast with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. We want to thank you for um, listening in on today. We are going to conclude our teaching on understanding the prophetic dimension. And today we're going to be talking about prophetic order, destroying the Pharisee spirit. Before we get into our lesson, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we just glorify and magnify your name on today. We thank you for the opportunity to minister your word and give wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We ask, oh Father God, that you would give us a spirit to hear what this uh, a spirit to hear what the spirit is saying. Um, to the church in this hour when it comes to um, prophetic order. We ask that you bless this word and that um, it would be sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So once again, we're going to be talking about prophetic order, destroying the Pharisee spirit. The Pharisee spirit, a church condition. Um, The sect of the Pharisees was a very real part of historical, biblical, New Testament reality. Jesus met them and crossed verbal swords with them. They attacked him and in the end he in and in the end put him to death. But if all the all that the Pharisees represented was simply to fill in the physical and religious environment in which Jesus actually lived, um then their free, frequent appearances in the chapters of the Gospels would not be of much real use to us today. The Pharisees represent much more than a past historical reality. They also represent and identify a present spiritual reality within the Church of Jesus Christ in this hour. The Pharisee spirit is not a condition of the world. It is a condition of the church. It is most clearly seen and identified at the point where God begins to move the church forward and to change the order and structure of existing revelation in the body of Christ. In the light of Pharisee behavior, a practice in the time of Christ, the teachings of Jesus and the behavior of his disciples were troublesome and radical. We see in Matthew chapter 15, verse 1 through 5, Then the scribes and the Pharisees were from Jerusalem, who were from Jerusalem, came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And answered and said to them, Why do you transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? The tradition of the elders verse the commandment of God. This is the heart of the conflict. The Pharisee spirit challenges the living power of God's word in the midst of the church. It holds up against the pure application and operation of God's presence speaking, a body of commonly accepted traditional behavior and attitudes, which Jesus said becomes doctrines. And we see this in Matthew chapter 15, verse 9. That is generally hailed and favorably accepted church behavior, practice, and and behavior. It is vain worship, and it is called the commandments of men. At the heart of the Pharisee spirit is the delusion of spiritual loyalty to God against what is seen as the unstable winds of radical change. But this loyalty has long since fossilized into legalism. The tragedy of the Pharisee spirit is that this delusion of loyalty and desperate 
um, preservation of the status quo shuts out the voice of God as he shouts into the church and calls his warriors forward into the great battles against the kingdom of darkness and into the maturity and strength of the last day church. The power of tradition literally makes God's words ineffectual in human lives. Mark 7 verse 13. To face to his face, the scribes and the Pharisees defend and blinded by the complacency of a position which they had fought to establish and defend in the past literally accused Jesus. God came in the flesh of transgressing and violating the human traditions of the elders, the Pharisees and the prophets. Matthew 23 verse 29 through 33. The greatest condemnation by Jesus of the Pharisees came in their treatment of the prophets and the prophetic ministry. The prophets represent the voice of God, the rhema word to his people. In the Old Testament, the prophets spoke words of inscripturated revelation to the people of God. In the New Testament, present-day church, the prophets released the rhema word of God to his people, identifying and proclaiming God's will and purpose within the church, motivating and directing another season of restoration within the body of Christ. The prophets bring the voice of God into sharp, clear focus within the body of Christ and lead the people of God to a place of prospering in the will and purpose of God for their lives. The word of God is still. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20b. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. That is still the word of God today. The thing is today you need to make sure that you're discerning that the prophets are true prophets because there are so many false prophets out here and there are so many prophets that have tapped into a rim and they know how to prophesy. They know how to give you a word, but they're prophesying for for profit. Um, The Pharisees were building tombs for the prophets in Jesus' day, recognizing the death of the prophets and giving honor to the voices of the past move of God. At the same time, they rejected the promised prophet Jesus Christ, who stood in their midst with the voice of God and the truth of God upon his lips. They rejected life and honored death. They were looking backward to voices that had been still and were rejecting the voice that would move them into the future. They looked backward in a hypocritical recognition of honoring of the voices of the old covenant and refused to receive the grace and truth that were being manifested through prophet Savior Jesus in the New Testament. To reject the biblically revealed Jesus-ordained ministry of true church prophets to honor and teach on prophets and prophetic ministry in the churches today and yet reject God's calling forth into the season of prophetic restoration to look backward to honor past moves of God and to entomb spiritual experience in the in 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 the in, in the um sarcastic resentment rebellion stubbornness and unwillingness to move on with God is to find oneself entering actively into the Pharisee spirit 
The Pharisee spirit does not yearn to hear God, does not seek life. It engages in tomb building and in sculpture garnishing. Its best activity is in refurbishing that which is old and dead using exterior decorations to um, imitate life and, um, and newness. To be a Pharisee is to um, to make a mistake to 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 make mistake death for life and condemn life as death. To be a Pharisee is to refuse to hear the voice of the living Christ while honoring the tombs of long dead prophets. My God, God's response to the Pharisee spirit in the church today is clear and direct. He desires to reveal and judge the Pharisee spirit. The whole thrust of meaning of Pharisee of Matthew chapter 23 turns upon one single word. Jesus' lengthy identification and denunciation of the Pharisees is not just a tantrum against his religious opponents, but a necessary clear identification of error so that his purpose and intent can be revealed. The pivot of the chapter is the first word of verse 34, therefore. <laughs> the word therefore changes the flow of the entire passage from analyst to resolution, from observation to intent, from scrutiny to purpose. The Pharisee spirit has been identified, described, exposed, revealed, and now God moves to judge and, and destroy it. The word therefore indicates a shift in the passage from looking at what pertained in the present at the time Jesus spoke to a to a looking into the future at what God was purposed to do. With the word therefore there is a sudden change in the flow of the spirit of Jesus speaking and the Lord begins to prophesy of his future intent and purpose in the church. The prophetic words of Jesus in verse 34 bring us into our own time, into the prophetic move in the church today. The sending of the sending of the prophets. Jesus speaking of the future said that the specific response of God would be to send prophets and wise men. Matthew 23 verse 34. The Pharisees reject the voice of God. So he sends them ministry that can minister um, the mind of Christ and reveal the voice of God. The Pharisees rejected prophets as a living present reality. So he sends them prophets to test and to expose their hypocrisy. The gospel of Luke reveals added dimensions of truth to this passage. We see this in Luke chapter 11, verse 49. Therefore, the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute. Luke, using the term the wisdom of God, clearly indicates that this is part of the future plan of Christ for his church. Jesus would send to his church prophets and apostles who would be attacked by Pharisees, even as Jesus himself was there, thereby revealing the hardcore condition of the Pharisee spirit, a hatred of Christ himself. This promise in Luke's gospel is being brought to pass in the church today. And 
in the present day prophetic activity. The inversion of the unusual ordering of listening, of listing prophets and apostles instead of apostles, prophets suggests that God is not indicating the unusual order of ministry, but instead indicating the sequence of the appearance of these ministries in the last day church. As he moves to purify his people by destroying the defiling stumbling block of the Pharisee spirit in the midst. These two revelation ministries, prophets and apostles must arise in the church in mature ministry if the full strength of the church is to be attained the prophets have arised and are being brought by god to a place of full strength the apostles are now being released to full visibility and acceptance as we move toward a third millennium the truth is that the prophecies if the truth excuse me the truth of the Pharisee spirit is a deception of the enemy within the church of Jesus Christ. It is a satanic falsehood that has deceived the hearts of some and seeks to blind eyes and define, defend the ear, deafen the ears of the children of God to the voice of the Lord, calling them forth into his purpose. It is a satanic deception that seeks to derail the forward progress of the church and divert the program of God into um, the cul-de-sacs of traditions, legalism, materialism, self-exaltation, and spiritual bondage while all the time paying lip service only to the will and purposes of God. The prophets rising up with the voice of the Lord in the present day season of prophetic restoration declare powerfully that this is a season of spiritual reconstruction when the invasion of the enemy into the ranks of the church must be exposed and the Pharisee spirit revealed and destroyed. Luke chapter 11 verse 52 indicates that the purpose of Satan's invasion through the Pharisee spirit was to take away the key of knowledge. His purpose was to entomb the prophets and co -consign, consign them to death, to banish God's prophetic voice speaking in his church forever, to hinder and prevent entry into the purposes and counsels of God, to banish the fulfillment of God's will from his body, the church of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 11 verse 52 says, Woe to the, to the lawyers! For you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in, you hindered. But now the prophets arise, sent by God, to oppose, reveal, and destroy the plan of Satan in the Pharisee spirit. They are the key of knowledge sent by God to open wide the door into the reality of the kingdom. The, they usher in a season of fulfillment that all may desire to enter into his purposes, that all saints might rise in full and passionate obedience to the king. Satan is powerless to cause the voice of the Lord through his anointed prophets to cease from the church upon the earth. The end purpose of the ministry of the prophets is that the church be made one as Jesus desires it to be, and all schism and, cl and cleverage be banished, and the church, and that the church 
rises up to full manhood in the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and to be brought to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, Ephesians 4.13. The Pharisee spirit is a spirit of disunity and division, but the prophets arise to reconstruct and transform attitudes within the church so that Jesus can call his church together as a hen gathers her, her broad under her. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stone those who are sent to hear. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. The prophets and apostles arise to minister a deep change of heart and attitude in the church. The heart attitude of the church must be changed so that unity can be realized. The church must cry out to the Lord who yearns towards to, who yearns towards her, that we would be gathered. The mighty revelation of Jesus as absolute Lord of his church shall not come to full light and focus until the church, breaking off the chains of bondage of the satanic Pharisee spirit, can arise and bless and bless ministry that comes with the mind of Christ and with the voice of God. Matthew 23 verse 29 says, For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Changing the order of the church. The voice of one crying in the wilderness prepared the way of the Lord. Make straight the desert a highway for our God. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 to 5. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it. Together for the mouth of the Lord, the prophets has spoken. The prophets in this season of restoration call for a preparation of the way of the Lord, the pathway of the Lord in the midst of his church. He comes as a ruling king who desires that order be made before him. His prophets are the trumpeteers that go before him to proclaim and declare his majesty and his coming. As John the Baptist carved out his pathway in the midst of a society held under Pharisee bondage by the preaching of the, rep of the repentance and a deep stirring of hearts to receive his coming. So today's church prophets are moved to cry out that his pathway in us must be prepared so that the plain steps of the Lord be seen within the church. A transformation of spiritual structure is required if the highway of holiness in us it is to is to be prepared. And that transformation must begin with the shattering of the deceptions of the of the Pharisee spirit within us. Every valley and every low hidden place of darkness must be brought up to the scrutiny of light. Every mountain and every um promontory Promontory of pride and self must be lowered and cease to be a place of stumbling for the feet of the king who walks by. All crookedness, deviousness, gall, dishonesty must be eradicated as we rededicate ourselves to biblical holiness and seek 
that the character of Jesus be seen in us, all rough places must be smoothed. All must be made smooth as we invite and submit to the process of the Lord as he puts us on the potter's wheel and shapes us with his own hand. Praise the Lord. The glory of the Lord is a mighty glorious church. It is only in the church that the truth and glory of Jesus can be expressed in a sin-sick earth. It is the church that is commissioned to declare and reveal to the principalities and powers in heavenly places the manifold wisdom of God. We see this in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. If God's word is true and all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, Numbers 14, 21, then the church must continue to rise up and be changed and transformed into the church that Jesus visualized and ordained it to be from eternity past. God promises in Isaiah 40 verse 5 that this glory must be seen and recognized in the earth because the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. It is the, it is the prophet's that speak out of the mouth of the Lord, Jeremiah 23, 16. There is a twofold flow of meaning in Isaiah's statement. The glory of the church will be made apparent because God has willed and ordained it um, and declared it by inscriptured prophetic utterance through the words of Isaiah. But also the church will rise into transformation and revealed Glory because the prophet speaking to the church in the days of her change speak forth the words of God rising in the spirit and power of the Elijah anointing and cause transformation in the spiritual structure of the body of Christ so that the glory of God might shine through. Let the prophets of the Lord come forth in this season of change. Let them rise in honor, integrity, and nobility of spirit and speak the word of the Lord with power and with truth. Let the glorious church arise in her strength and begin to shine with the glory of the presence of Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Let the voice of God be heard in this season of prophetic restoration. Father God, we just glorify and magnify your name. We thank you, Father God, for giving us divine instructions and teaching us understanding of the prophetic dimension. We thank you, Father God, for teaching our hands to war, O Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for giving your word as a two-edged sword, O Father God. We thank you, O Father God, that we have the power and the victory and the authority to destroy the Pharisee spirit, O Father God, in this hour, in the church, in the church world, O Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask, O Father God, that you would, um, Use your people, O oh Father God, your prophetic people. Raise us up, O oh Father God, in holiness. Raise us up to speak truth um, in the power of your glory, O oh Father God. Raise us up to only speak what you are saying. We come against false prophets right now in the name of Jesus. We bind them up. We bind up their false words, their false prophecies in the name of Jesus. And we declare, O oh Father God, deliverance and healing in their life. And we ask, O oh Father God, that you would shift them, O oh Father God. Shift them into a place of humility. Shift them into a place of wholeness shift them into a place um oh father god of wisdom knowledge and understanding that they will speak for truth oh father god help us not to be prophets 
uh, who, who prophesied for profit, O oh Father God. Help us not to bring shame unto your name on that level, O oh Father God, in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, we thank you for this word. We seal it by the power and the authority of the blood. We ask, O oh Father God, that your people will um will rise up and become that divine prophetic voice in the land in this hour. In Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to the Impact Podcast with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. We bless you on today and we ask that you um, would go forth in the name of Jesus. Thank you once again. God bless you.